All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Before we get started, we'd like to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects. We also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode. We simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes. Thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show. What up, what up, what up, everyone? Episode three of the Uncommon Gem Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Kevin Estevez. I am the host of this said podcast. Thank you so much to Boy Brooks for that music. You can check him out on Spotify, Bandcamp, hit him up on Instagram. Great work he does. And once again, thank you to Lawrence Benali for the cover art. Real amazing stuff that he does too. You can also check him out on Instagram. Wow, episode three. Things are moving quick here on the Uncommon Gem podcast. I'm liking it though. We're, we're picking up pace and it's, it's a fun learning process for me. It's fun interviewing these people and it's, it's been fun getting the word out on some things, some good things. Things are picking up here on the podcast so much so that I never would have thought to interview a band so soon. But yeah, we're, we're interviewing a band today and this is going to be a fun little talk with these guys. They're coming out from Colorado right now. That's where they perform. That's where they're recording a lot of their music. They're going to have sounds of psychedelic rock, little folk music, little country, some twang in the guitar. So today we are interviewing the band Old 40. Guys, how's it going? Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for joining. <laughs> we have with this band Zach on lead vocals and rhythm guitar. Hello, Mom. We got Jackson on lead guitar and backup vocals. That's me. We got Steven on bass and backup vocals. Oh, hey. And we also have Nate on drums and also backup vocals. Hello. And hello to my family. You said I'd never make it, but here I am on the Uncommon Gems podcast. So <laughs> screw you. <laughs> We're so Proving proud of Nate. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. I really want to be a veterinarian. <laughs> awesome. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining. So, yeah, let's let's talk about you guys for a bit. So... I know some of you guys are from California. Some of you are from Colorado. How how did we get together? How did this Avengers team come about? So two of us superheroes, as you so aptly <laughs> called us, are uh, from Truckee, California. We're from the mountains. We're not, you know, from the sand with all that nonsense that people think in California. We came out here to play some rock and roll, and we met Nate on Craigslist, and we met Steven at an open mic. So that's Jackson and Zach. We both came out from... California. Yeah, we moved out here after playing around Tahoe for a little bit of time, and then we decided let's move to the big city and play some rock and roll. And big city so dreams. Here we are. Big city dreams, mm-hmm. you know. Awesome, awesome. That's awesome, man. So what has that process been like? I, I can imagine moving to a new area, but also like finding a drummer on Craigslist. That's That must be a different process that you're probably used to, yeah? Yeah, it was definitely a blessing because we put out an ad on Craigslist probably the first week or so we moved in, and we met Nate. It was just like instant friends, and he's a good drummer too, so that definitely helped. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. <laughs> so, so uh, after we found him on the internet, we were going and we were playing open mics and stuff around Denver to try and find a bassist, and then we saw Steven up there just and ripping it. When Steven was playing, I remember standing in the crowd with Zach, and Steven's elevated, you know, playing with this band, just killing it, and Zach turns to me and he goes, I want him. I yeah. I want him. <laughs> I looked him dead in the eyes and I want that. And so we talked to Steven and played at his house until 3 a.m. that yeah. night. Just yeah. jammed. Yeah. Well, then we had a show coming up at a local venue here too, kind of our debut in Denver. And one mm-hmm. of the bases that we had dropped out at the last second, like didn't show up to practice. Stole so we base. spent the whole afternoon, the day of the show, practicing with Steven. And we got everything polished and tight. And or the rest is history, really. Mm-hmm. You know what? And it sucks for that basis because now you guys are killing it out there. You're still doing some shows in the COVID time. <laughs> Tell me about that. What's that like performing kind of with a pandemic going on? Well, it's weird because like, unless you're playing jazz or classical music, when you're playing to a sitting crowd, it's kind of like... Awkward. Yeah, even beyond awkward because you know, we need the energy reciprocation of like the mm-hmm. fans getting into it and then it gives us more energy, which gives 
perpetuates itself. Positive but like feedback loop right there. Yeah, yeah. So we're just sitting out there looking out and it's just like, how's everyone feeling tonight? And just a bunch of people sitting at tables. <laughs> and I think the biggest crowd was like, well, like 70 people, but half of them were outside on like picnic tables because they've been blocking off roads and stuff in front of some places. So yeah, it's definitely awkward and not as energetic as you would, you would hope. Singing with masks too. That took a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's pretty muffled. It's sweaty. Yeah, very sweaty. It's very <laughs> we, moist. We did a, a few practices with masks leading up to the shows. To- see, that's that's dedication right there. That's that's what you want to see out of a band. You, they're dedicated to the craft. They're trying to give you the best show that they can. It's all for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we should mention that you guys just recently recorded an album, and you also released it on March fourth. It's titled "To Spite It All." You mind telling us a little bit about that process, about what went into recording the album? We did record an album, and we have been, or Steven has been mixing the hell out of it. New MVP. Oh, yeah. I owe him my left nut for all of this. I mean, (laughs) he just basically learned a new program to spend hours at his desk and mix it, and we sent it to a lot of people, and, you know, we sent it to you, and you liked it, yeah. Yeah, so we we went up to a studio in Boulder, and we were all pretty much fun employed. And we got un- that Uncle Sam stimmy money. And now they've been invested in GameStop or Dogecoin. We decided to put it all into making an album. So we went up there and recorded for well, probably three or four days. Got all the tracks down and everything. And then we ran out of Uncle Sam's money. So we decided to go and mix and uh, not produce, but mix and master it all ourselves. But it was a really fun time just going up there, hanging out playing music before we even got into boulder we practiced with a click track for probably like a month so that way when we got there it was just boom we're going in and getting it done so that was very productive and a good good practice tool but anyway so we got that done and now we've been doing all the fun stuff like ordering cds and taking album photos and sending it off so yeah it's been a really fun time good process this is out now. You guys released it on March 4th. It's now you can check it out on Spotify. You know, where, where else can people find it? iTunes. iTunes. Amazon Music should be on there. Old40band.com. Ah. Uh, you go there and it'll have every link for you from the website. <laughs> no matter it. what. No matter what. Also, yeah, actually go to that website because I was checking out some of your YouTube videos before the show because I've never seen you guys live. I've only heard your music. So check out some of their concerts. In the pandemic time, you can you can have fun anywhere, even in your home. Yeah. <laughs> True, yeah. Grab a bottle of whiskey, your dog, and get down. That's really all it, all it takes. <laughs> no bullshit. I legitimately cracked open a beer while I was watching you guys perform on YouTube. That, oh, like, is no that's bullshit. what we need. That's a good feeling. Bartenders yeah. love us for that exact reason. Fell <laughs> <laughs> a lot of whiskey. <laughs> it just fell right. It just fell right. Cool. So, yeah, the Uncommon Gem podcast, we, we dedicate some time to bring attention to a donation or a charity. And we ask each guest that we interview to uh, talk about a donation charity service that they feel should get some attention. So, guys, do you mind telling us what we're going to be talking about for donations today? I wound up picking Planned Parenthood because I do a monthly donation to them under the name of Mike Pence. <laughs> really uh, yeah it was a thing that went around a while ago though so. oh okay yeah <laughs> but yeah i do the the monthly donation to them and they send me a newsletter like reassuring me of like this is what good it did for this month they they had a lot of like social awareness feminist awareness and stuff when rbg died and sent me some stuff there too but they do a really good job of just making sure that people can like get protection if they need it, they help people like actually plan parenthood. Planned Parenthood's local partners in 10 countries serve more than 725,000 individuals. I think it's a really worthy cause. I don't know why anyone would oppose it. I've had a few friends too who've had like close run-ins with stuff, be it an abortion or just that they need to get tested or something and they didn't have the money for it and Planned Parenthood helped them out in a time that they didn't have insurance or uh, we're just short on money in general. So I think it's a really good cause for people to, to give to. I think it's something that all of us, like as a band, also really care about. We're all very into, I mean, we all care about women's rights very much. So, and I think that was when Nate <clears throat> brought that up about how he donates to them every month. I think we all just immediately said, yes, that's, you know, that's something that we can all really get down with. 
Definitely, definitely. And, you know, like you guys said, like women's rights, especially, you know, in these times, 2021, a lot has been brought to our attention. And after a pandemic, too, like a lot of people are looking for help. And we should mention that they offer a lot of online services. So you can you can mm-hmm. actually get education through these people. They teach classes about sex ed, abortion, preventive care, like very much aid women's health and also men's health. It's not just women's, but the, the education's out there so much as you want to seek it. And they're really easy to set an appointment on their website too. Um, I was actually checking it out just for curiosity's sake. And out of like the 15 sites in New York alone, like you can make an appointment within the next two hours easily. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I, I went with my friend to a Planned Parenthood center a while back just for like moral support. And I remember it was like a Saturday and they were booked heavy. And she was like, you know, I don't know if I have time for this. And they totally like worked with her and helped her out obviously it's a very old old organization like this is hundreds of years ago that they started or sorry a hundred years ago they started it and those times are different those times are different a lot of people are saying some wrong stuff so they actually have articles like not only like challenging what was said about their like founders and like those beliefs but try to fix that the damage that they have done good old fundamental christianity (laughs) it's also a very global thing they're out in kenya they're out in nicaragua they're out in senegal they 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 have many places to give aid to many people and kids which is real important yeah they do span like across the globe which is something that i don't think a lot of people realize like it seems like it's more of united states kind of thing but yeah they're definitely international as we mentioned there's abortion services they also like offer birth control LGBTQ communities are very much welcome in the Planned Parenthood services too. So they're, they're looking out for a big source of people. Yeah, it's more service to communities than anything, which is always the, the best route. Yeah, so thank you so much for bringing that to our attention, guys. So you go to PlannedParenthood.org. They also have an app. Definitely check out the app. But all of this information will be in our bio. We'll also post it to our Twitter and Instagram, as always. We're not sponsored by Planned Parenthood, but... As we said, it's just nice to get the word out on some causes and actions that people can get involved in and people can help other people out. Yeah, check it out. Perfect. So now we're going to go into your guys' Uncommon Gem. So would you guys please tell us what you end up choosing for today's Uncommon Gem? Uh, we picked the art of songwriting. That'd be the, the Uncommon Gem that the four of us have in common. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, as musicians, I, I could see why. Like, you guys are all dedicated to your craft. And as, as band members, especially hearing the story, how you came together, I could see that process in your music, how important that is. Mm-hmm. One of the my favorite things about this band is that when we write music, it's very much a group effort uh, on a lot of the songs. It's not by any means somebody comes in and is like, this is how we're going to do it. There's always room to expand and work on it, uh, which is something that I really, really enjoy as opposed to you know having one guy in there who thinks he's the bees knees. to the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll refuse any other input from anyone. Uh, it's just nice to have in a band. It's a good dynamic. Yeah. I think that when you're saying there's like the guy who tells everyone what to do, I think we've all been in that band at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it, it is nice to have three other people who just want to collaborate with you on stuff. Yeah. It's to the point where we've decided it's just any like songwriting credits, just put all four of our names on it at this point. Like there's nothing that you can just say is one person's song, which is awesome. Yeah. Even old ones, we've taken we revamped them and they sound completely different than when zach and i used to play them what like four or five years ago or something yeah yeah and now they just sound like a totally different song but it's you know it's because it's an old 40 song not a zach and jackson song exactly yeah yeah we'll start songs like sometimes jackson be like hey here's something actually i've been working on it has like some lyrics or zach throws lyrics he already has on something else or i'll come in and be like would you be jamming there's like a riff i just make up and all of a sudden that's, that's how bomba sharks came about it was yeah i can't remember which one of us was, was missing it was just three of us jamming zach was missing and zach was missing is back in cali or something and then all of a sudden it was like that was really cool let's do that thing we did last time and so more often than i'm like i forgot how i did that and jackson <laughs> yeah. will remember and all of a sudden it was like and zach's like cool i got you know just automatically throws lyrics on top you know it's no one's really like i said jackson come with like 90 percent of a song and then all of a sudden, like, we use, like, 15% of what he brought up front because we just keep adding more stuff into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a part of me is curious just because, you know, it always interests me about musicians. They they all learn differently. They all come about it differently. So for you guys, is it 
that you actually write the lyrics or is it that you pick up an instrument and then you kind of piece it together that way? What, what way do you find occurs the most often? I mean, what what does kind of, I guess most more often than not Jackson brings something in or Zach brings something in. Yeah. When it comes to lyrics, I think Zach and I usually come in with the lyrics and mine normally come from me playing guitar since that's just where my mind goes. So I start with something guitar related and then I'll come up with, a melody and even sometimes i'll come up with syllables that flow well with the melody and then that turns into a sentence that turns into an idea and then that's how i write a song sometimes but zach comes up with lyrics just on his own and he'll come up yeah how, how do you do it I yeah, mean, normally i'll just like be hanging around and lyrics will just kind of pop into my head and i'll write them down and then start going with the concept from there and then normally after i have that i'll come to jackson and i'm like I have these lyrics here, sad or happy or whatever the feeling of the song is, then he'll grab his guitar and then the two of us will kind of work it together. And then once we have like a rough skeleton of it with lyrics and basic chords and structure, then we take it to these guys and they really put the polish on it and bring it all together. And that's not even all, that's just like a few of them. What kind of emotions, what kind of feelings does that songwriting bring, especially like when you you guys piece it together as a band? Because I'm sure music could come from a very harmful place. Music can come from a very peaceful place. But as a collaborative unit, you know, you guys are each kind of throwing some pieces into the puzzle. How does that make you guys feel? I mean, so personally, I, I love how it's we all have different influences musically. So everything gets blended together well at the end of it. I don't know really how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got so Zach Zach's favorite band is Marshall Tucker Band. Woo. My favorite band is Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> uh, Steven's favorite band is Ween. And Jackson's <clears throat> favorite would be either Stevie Ray Vaughn or, or Tedeschi Trucks. Uh Tedeschi Trucks band, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's 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 coming from pretty different angles. And then somebody will write something and someone else will have an idea that no one else thought of because their influences are going to be a little different and it just fits way better than you would have like any of your initial ideas would have been someone else's idea is always going to like flow really well with the song and i think it's why that's why it's so hard for us to put a label on our genre you know we say mm-hmm. like psychedelic southern rock but really it it takes me a couple of stumbling sentences to actually explain to somebody what we play <laughs> because of all these different influences yeah there'll be times where zach or jackson will bring in a song and as a bass player i'm like like not in a bad way but i'm like oh, i'm bored like it's just because <laughs> there's like they come up with these songs like these chords and these lyrics but i'm like man like i gotta we gotta shake it up a little bit mm-hmm. and i'm like hey what if this time we do this little thing here and just because you know I, I like jazz a lot too i come from a very fast music background just different stuff if it slaps it slaps that's my motto <laughs> hey uh, hey i respect <laughs> that one you know i mean it's like <clears throat> i was gandhi said that i, I can go from hip-hop <laughs> to like right yeah actually that's where it did come from <clears throat> But, you know what I mean? Gandhi, <laughs> exactly. It, it's not too late for old forty merch. The slaps and slaps can definitely go on a t-shirt. <laughs> <and> a <hoodie. laughs> yeah, that's I, an idea. That's actually that's a Zach joke. That's like that's actually right on par. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of Gandhi with aviators on. and headphones, and like headphones just like jamming. <laughs> yeah. Slaps and slaps, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like breaking up the monotony. So it's not saying too, not getting like putting ourselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. and give ourselves because i feel like i want to be the kind of musician that can play my first album when i'm 50. bob weir figure that out real quick oh, yeah. you know it's just like be able to play this stuff like so we, we can still evolve as musicians but like we still enjoy the stuff we're putting out like literally for the first album we all made different lists of like okay what songs do we want on our first album we have so much to pick that it's not just we're, we're not writing album to album either like we have like six albums worth of material probably right now yeah, we have a yeah. catalog Sixty plus originals right now. No, it's mm-hmm. fifty five, right? Didn't we count the other 58. day? Fifty eight. Fifty eight. Fifty eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Folks, we got a lot of albums coming on the way. That's what I'm hearing. I know. Like <laughs> seriously, like, wait. Once we put out, once I finish the artwork for the first one, Nate's like, I can't wait for the second one. I'm like, oh, it's so easy for everyone else to say, but I'm. And it, we're also in the same mentality. I'm like, dude, I'm so done with this right now. I, I'm seriously done listening to this album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody give us money. Yeah. <laughs> money, please. Yeah, I know bands, like, I, I got a couple friends that are in bands, and they dropped, like, three albums in two years, and no one really even, like, heard the first album by the time they dropped their second one. It's all kind of, like, same yeah. kind of jam music kind of stuff. It's like, they're not pacing themselves, and I feel some musicians, maybe they have one or two worth of, like, creativity, and then they kind of burn out, and, like, either they're not hungry anymore, or they're just, like, they kind of just hit a, hit a peak because they're, mm-hmm. they're saying, they painted themselves into a corner. 
And it's like, okay, well, this guy is famous. We got to keep going for this. Or like, this is what was working. It's like, we didn't, we never had the issue. No, nothing not works almost. It's just, hey, man, this is cool. We'll... <laughs> so far, we'll, yeah. we'll release it and we'll see what people think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we like it. So that's all that counts at the end of the day, right? I mean, if you guys don't like the music, then what's it worth? But you guys clearly do like it. Listen to the album, especially the banana song. I mean, that's just a fun song. Yeah. <laughs> You can really tell that not only that you guys have fun making it, but it came from a good place and everyone was on board with that energy. Yeah, at, uh, at all of our live shows, our banana song is one that's pretty much everybody's favorite, no matter what, because it's easy to remember and the melody is super catchy. But it's always a little weird when you meet people up <laughs> in public later and they're like, yo, man, that song about bananas is <laughs> stuck in my head. Yeah, so cool. yeah. Like we have, we have like an hour, at least of other songs we played too. Like, <laughs> like not one other one, but not banana. Not banana. Which is awesome. That's what kind of like solidified me the man. It's like, you know, like Nate said, I love ween. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, if you guys are down to do some nonsensical like bullshit, I'm in like hundred percent. Love, dude. <clears throat> As long as you make it sound good, be, you know, just do what you want. That, that's what I like about the album, especially because pacing is so important for music. But this album, I literally like listened to every single ta- uh, track, and it just flowed seamlessly. And the slow songs definitely led into the bigger pickup songs, just so like effortlessly. Like it was a perfect listen through. Well, thank you, because we actually did spend a decent amount of time on putting together the very like not last minute, but ninety percent almost through the process. We decided to flip two of the songs around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it definitely yeah. was like we were, we thought we had it, you know, set. But again, that kind of ties back into our creative process of we don't really set anything in stone. We like to like even the last minute. Hey, man, we've been playing the song for the same way for six months. Like, yeah, but I thought about something else the other day. And I think can really you know make it. And no one's like, no, no, that's all. That's all the song goes. <laughs> 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 my song. <laughs> You're gonna come into my house and tell me how to play my music. <laughs> <laughs> So you had mentioned jazz music, and the thing I like about jazz music is that, especially when it's live, a lot of it is improv So they'll start with the horns, and then the drums will kind of pick up a little bit, and then it's off to the other horns, off to the other bass guitar, and then after that, it's just a perfect melody. I wonder for you guys, is there ever like a time that you were just all in the studio, and then it's just like, not so much that you wrote down the music, you're all just jamming, and the next thing you know you had a song? Has that ever occurred, or is that earlier? Yeah, we did that today. Yeah, pretty much almost every time we practice, we like to warm up with something, and that just turns into some like fifteen-minute-long jam. And at the end of it, it sounds almost polished sometimes. And you know, if we like it, we work on it. If we don't, then we're like, "Well, that was cool." (laughs) (laughs) The breeze, it goes. (laughs) Bye-bye, jam. We rented out a a cabin in not Aspen, Carbondale. Yeah, oh, Carbondale. 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 Colville? Well, no, Colville was the closest town. To <laughs> oh, okay. Because I remember uh, we went to that bar for the Super Bowl. That was still in Carbondale. That was in Carbondale. That was yeah. Carbondale. Yeah, because I, I played there before. Because we walked into the bar and it says, here's the memorial to all the coal miners. Yeah, because that's all Car- <laughs> No, because Carbondale is all the coal miners and all the rich people moved in the Aspen. That's anyways, why everyone anyways, anyways. Carbondale. <laughs> so we, we rented out a cabin in Carbondale for three days, four days. Yeah. And we came out of there with like eight new songs. We just we just jammed for a while. Yeah. So yeah, we're building a space opera. That's where like, <laughs> yeah, it was like the third night in, it was like, I don't know, like we had just getting like wasted every day and like just part of like, oh, we got a cabin and you know, just <laughs> having fun with it. And then like the third day, I think it was like the day we kind of like spent the most, the longest amount of time actually playing. And it started off a little serious. And then we kind of ran a material and I had this little loop pedal with a bunch of recordings. Oh, I was messing with silly. over the years and just, oh. I'm like, we got some downtime. We're all kind of tapped out. But then we came across this one. It was like, this, this is arpeggiated thing. It just sounded like a Japanese anime yeah. video game for like eight year olds. And it was just like, <laughs> it's just this you know, pre-recorded thing that had stock on it. And Zach just starts riffing over it. The silliest thing. And it's like, but throughout the whole day, Zach, if you would riff, it'd be space related. It didn't matter what it was. <laughs> it was space pirate. Me, like there's another song I had from like a year ago and me and Jax were playing with it. And, Zach's just like space pirates, and then something Yar. else, something else about space, and then he's we just started building. We we had this thing where we just take inside jokes and we just beat it till they're flat, <laughs> and especially Zach more more than any of us, and he, he just built this them. world. And eventually, I was like, "Oh, well, we're just going to keep doing this. Let's build a space opera." And it just became like this inside joke amongst ourselves. And now, now it's definitely like I think third or fourth album. We're going to do a, a space <laughs> yeah. opera themed. It's, it's nonsense school plot line. 
That's all. <laughs> Should we do a call? Ensign Rajanod Stargile. <laughs> First officer, Beezus McGillicuddy. Admiral Florence Parnassus. <laughs> I'm Captain Roger Shittenstein. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> we think we're funny. Yeah. This is this is gonna be the arena tour album. I hope you guys. Yes, know. yeah. yeah. So from Elvin, from the Elvin oh. Walk to to Arena Rock, the old 40s story. <laughs> This one's gonna be the most ticket seller for you guys. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be um it's basically when the Beatles went Sgt. Pepper, you know what I mean? It's like we get too big for our britches, we gotta change our names and like try <laughs> for our britches, yeah. yeah. Start making cartoon movies for no reason. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, he gets it, see? Like they go exactly the same as it went for the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> like I, we thought they were good musicians, but hey, we'll let them have this one. Oh, oh they're having fun. We'll let them have fun, you know, as long as you keep pumping out the good music after. Yes, folks, uh, stay tuned on Spotify, Space Opera Music on the way from Old 40. <laughs> Which is so funny because half our, you know, catalog is like pedal steel and like kind of like folky songs anyway. Mm -hmm. So I love that transition that people are like, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. some, some old couple comes in. It's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see this music. And we just come out the bat with like some stupid rock opera about <laughs> space pirates and lithium. <laughs> That's right. I forgot to mention I play pedal steel as well. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. So oh, yeah. the guitarist pedal steel back up. Lead pedal. Yeah. Lead pedal. Yeah. Is that where most of the the twang noise is coming in most of your guys' music? Is that the pedal steel in there? So there's no pedal steel on this album, uh, unfortunately, because I got it like a week before we recorded it and I wasn't good enough yet. But now we have like six original songs or something mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, it took them like two weeks to master it basically. Yeah, that's uh, all I did. Have you guys listened to Faye Webster? Faye Webster, no. All right, well, if you want to hear some sick-ass pedal steel, that, that's the person you got to check out. Faye Webster? I'm looking yeah. that up. I like that you guys also being musicians, that you have, have more stake in this kind of conversation, but what what about songwriting do you feel sets apart from like other mediums? A lot of people can compare it to writing a script. A lot of people can compare it to you know directing a movie, the same kind of feeling, but as musicians, what, what do you uphold to it? So for me personally, I would say that it's just, it's always been a way for me to express myself and, you know, normally you can't, it's a way to really kind of get intimate and look at yourself and kind of just explore your emotions and release it as far as I'm concerned with my style. That's really what I think would set it apart from like a movie or something else is just, it's, it's much more personal, I feel. Is I mean every like a movie can be very passionate and a and a person's project, but I, I don't know songwriting has always been much more intimate. Mm -hmm. uh, You're saying me. like the voice is a raw thing, yeah. And so when you just put the emotion into your voice, it's directly it's from A to B, you know, from you to the listener. Whether whereas you know a movie or any other medium involves I don't know a lot of processing and yeah, it, it's. It's it's still the same way to express yourself, I think, but it's it's not as personal, like you said, yeah, yeah. not as one one person to the other, yeah, yeah. And then for all of us as a band, I think, uh, I mean, that's that's why I wanted to pick art of songwriting, and that's why we all wanted to pick it is because it brought us together as people. We started off as a band. I play guitar, Zach sings, Nate plays drums, Stephen plays bass, and then we started writing songs together learning about each other and learning about things that are really important to each of us in like through songwriting. And I think that really helped us become really good friends. I mean, I have, def I definitely have some memories of playing in Salt Lake where uh, you guys got a flat tire and we ended up showing up to the show, not too stoked, but it ended up being the coolest show we've ever played yeah. and with the songs that we all wrote together. And it was kind of this way of taking a, shitty situation and making it personal with each other yeah i think that was the first show that we played it original since nate and i joined yeah i think all, all the shows before that was me just playing the songs you guys had already written i don't think we played like any originals after mm -hmm. i joined up until that point now that i think about it <laughs> i'd say that when i was a when i was a kid and i was listening to music it was just like top 40 pop stuff I was like, yeah, it's just what music is. It was just mm -hmm. like this thing I could just listen to sometimes and have fun with it. And then I I bought Abbey Road by the Beatles, and that just like changed my whole perspective. I was like, songwriting can be something that like reaches out to somebody and like totally changes the way that they feel about something or their point of view about the world, or even like you know someone who's going through like a really hard time. 
mm-hmm. totally make them like comfort them for the moment and they can play it over and over and like movies can do that mm-hmm. too but you know that's like it's a two-hour movie you know you, you <laughs> can sure. get a you can get a fix from your music in in three minutes or so uh, for, yeah for me it's just been like i felt like i when I was younger, that music just the only thing that made sense. And then as I got older, the more I, I listened to just as much music as I could, I was like, it just makes sense. Like a lot of things don't make sense in the world. And sometimes it's like how you interpret things makes it make sense or it makes sense to you. But with music, I just feel like it's universal. It's like everyone gets it. Very few people don't like it. There's so much to do with it. But for me personally, when I was like writing my own stuff, I was like, I just feel like I have like really good ideas. I'm like, I don't know how to convey these ideas. I don't just want to like go up and start screaming at people. Like, <laughs> we're all one thing. And it's like the reality is just a bunch of vibrations coalescing into physical form, you know? It's Love like, each like, other. How Love do I, each how other. Shout like, <laughs> ah, like shaking people, you know? So it's like, how do you, how do you do that? You can't just go on a mountaintop and start screaming it. It's not like, like <laughs> the ancient days before, you know, organized religion. But like, I just feel like music just it translates so well throughout time. People still listen to Beethoven and Bach and like people still have, we, we, it's like this root of a thing that's been moving since we just had bonfires and drums and like didgeridoos. And all of a sudden, like now it's nothing's really changed fundamentally. It's like, it's just like, if it slaps, it slaps, you know, it's just, <laughs> Gandhi. It's, yeah, Gandhi, Gandhi <laughs> figured it out, man. <laughs> And so it's like, so when I write stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm not really thinking about it too much. I'm like, okay, like I'm channeling, like I like what this is and I'm just noodling around or something catches and I'm just like, no, I'm going to capture this. I'm going to, I'm going to push it out and make sure it's recorded and like, make sure it's there and like build off. I didn't write that. I didn't create this. I never felt like I've created anything. I was like, no, I'm just like this conduit. A lot of stuff, you know, when I was reading the tool and how they write their music, it's very like, no, it has to be like mathematically correct. It has all this stuff and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, that's just... Some people, I'm like, I, I just don't approach it that way. I've more just like, hey, it's like, it feels good. It's like an expression and capture that. And it's like about finding that cross between what I like and what people like. like okay, so I have this idea. Maybe it's a little too much. You know, maybe I need to water it down or maybe I need to spice it up a little bit. And maybe it's a little too repetitive. And that's where the really songwriting comes in is like, I, you have this core of an idea and you just want to make it just shape enough where you don't destroy the integrity of it to make it passable or consumable. You want it to keep its integrity, but also make it translatable to people. And that's, that's tough. And a lot of people really don't find that enough because I don't think they're just aware of it. I think like, Hey, I made it. Is this good? Or you should like it. Or I want to make something that people like, and they just go into the beginning with that. And to me, it's like, it's like potato chips. It's okay to like that kind of stuff, but you can't make a sustainable diet from it. It's, it's mm-hmm. not sustainable. So you got to mix the good with the bad, but also you just keep everything in front mm-hmm. of your consciousness as to what you're actually wanting to give to people and like how you're going to give it to them. The thing you said about tool too, like they, mm-hmm. that's the, I think that's the most awesome part of songwriting is because that's how they approach it. It totally works. And then like the way that we approach it is going to be way different. And that works too. Yeah. Brian Jonestown Massacre is like five guitar players on stage and no one's really doing any solos, but they just know how to control the sound of, in the room. And that's their thing. You're not going to go to one like there's certain shows I've gone to. I'm like, I'm not impressed musically or like technique wise, but, but you're crying. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, sobbing. wow, you made a, you moved me without saying anything. How'd you do that? Like it happened to electronic music. Like it doesn't matter like what style of music it's like, just can you, it's the message. And we all know the message. You don't have to be, I don't have to leave and be like, was I moved by that musical experience or not? It's like, nah, man, it's like, who's cutting onions in here. And it's like, it's, <laughs> you just, you just know. You kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but it's always that saying, like sometimes you do kill your darlings. So uh, how often do you guys sometimes like write a song and you're like, ah, it's not working and then come back to it? Or how often is it that time where you're just like, I don't think the song is just going to work. How, how many times are you throwing some of them away? I don't... My girl, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> We're all laughing because that's exactly what it. we did to one of these songs called My Girl, Kansas. There was one moment where it was amazing. And we were all having the best time. We're like, this is the coolest jam. We need to make something out of it. And then all of a sudden, it, like the next time we played it, it was dog shit. And we're like, we're like this is just derivative of other things that we've made. And, yeah. and well, we tried to change it up, tried to change it up. And it just never worked for us. It's because we were vibing reason. on like uh, this fake movie with starring Vince Vaughn and like, oh, yeah. and, like <laughs> Reese Witherspoon or something called yeah. My Girl Kansas. And then we started yeah. jamming. I think that made it more fun. That's right. It was yeah. like an inside joke jam. Yeah. yeah. Not a real movie. And, I just made that up. <laughs> it sounds yeah. real though. It's like <laughs> the girl Kansas. She's yeah. probably from the Midwest. She moves to California. Vince Vaughn. And like, this summer. Like, <laughs> And there's also definitely those times where we'll write a song. I'm definitely guilty of this. I'll write a song. It sounds weirdly similar to like other songs that I've been like writing at this moment in time. Like they kind of all have the same vibe. So then it's really kind of picking and choosing right, which ones are 
legit, which ones slap, <laughs> yeah. and which ones can we just, you know... Are imposters of the one that slaps. Yeah, which one's yeah. fake Gandhi? We recycle, yeah, we recycle right. a lot, yeah. though. Like, we had that jam earlier, and I was like, that'd, that'd be a great intro for a show. And then we had sure, another jam, yeah. and it was like, that'd be a great part in something else, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think we ever really just abandoned anything entirely. Yeah, we definitely, like, keep stuff on the back burner. Yeah, yeah we've got, like, six ideas right now that we have on our whiteboard that we're sometimes too lazy to get to because it takes a lot of work to go and just have this idea that we had months ago and then suddenly revive it. Yo, listen to the recordings being like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What did we all do there? Yeah. I've got, I mean, there's a specific drum beat that I have that I've used in one song in the last three bands I've been in. Oh yeah. The one that I used on operator. Yeah. Yeah. I use, I've used that. I love that beat. It's awesome. And you guys played something that I was like, I'm going to put this in this now. Like I keep recycling that beat until it finds a a place because it's just so much fun. It is a good beat. Yeah. Oh, when you strike gold, you strike gold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What can you say? Yeah. You guys found me. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it. Bass player that left the band earlier. Yeah. (laughs) He still has my bass. We're probably starting a lot of beef with this guy, and I'm not apologizing. I'm from New York. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, man, I'm from go Philly, man. Like, like, feed the fire. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. You're on our side, Kevin. Yeah, I like exactly. It. But if he comes around to beat me up, I'm going to buy you a plane ticket so you can come out here and you can beat him up. <laughs> you guys have kind of talked about it. How does it feel like seeing the audience like reciprocate that love for your actual lyrics, for your songs, and all that? Like seeing that happen. That's a great feeling. That's, uh, that's, that's why we do it. You can get a bunch of people dancing and moving like that's really is one of the best feelings in the world i would say just the fact that you can watch people actively connect with something that you've created and you're just up there watching it happen you're you're a participant but you're also an observer in a sense yeah it's just a, it. it is really one of the best feelings on earth one of my favorite some of my favorite shows actually are not from like the bigger ones that we've had or the ones at like the nicer venues but there was one a small house show that Zach and I played once where uh, we brought out our inflatable alligator and the people were so excited. It was just me and him, two guitars, two microphones. They brought out our, our inflatable alligator who we had people sign and there were these drunk guys just hammered body slamming the thing yeah. just over and over. And it, it was the energy was you know, yeah. off the charts. That it was, was crazy. Bad. Yeah. We had Lions, party. A Lions yeah. Lair. It's like my buddy Champion, a couple of people picked up Noah because he wanted to crowd surf, but there's like 20 oh, yeah, our, people our, in our front. Number one fan, Noah. Yeah. And so people, they just picked him up, started crowd surfing him like around. Like, <laughs> I guess you want to call it crowd surfing. It's a very, very tiny venue. Yeah. It's a very small <laughs> venue. Like, I smashed my head on like one of the hanging speakers like twice. Like, how, how <laughs> it God, it was bad, dude. I was like, I think I have a, a level one concussion. Like, I'm, I remember everything, but I don't feel good. Like, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, that kind of thing like that. You know, it's like, it's not some, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have like hundreds of fans with crowd surfing going on, but it was like, the, we had that energy that someone was like, I need, this needs to happen. And like, just to watch like all the people who were in front of us standing up, come in on this like this really silly thing. It's just awesome, you know. It's just you can't beat it. And you get and people after shows too. I love when people come up to yes. me after a show. Yeah, yeah people we don't know, yeah. especially. Yeah, when someone you don't know comes up and they're like nervous to talk to you, and just saying your guitar playing was one of the coolest things I've seen this month, and you're like, oh, this month, oh. Uh, hey, man, special, it, but in the information age, that's really important. Like people's like attention span is like seven yeah. seconds, dude. So a month, and, that's that's massive. And it's been a great month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. My, but my buddy like nailed it years ago. He was like, I, I'm like kind of a nerd. I'm introverted, and I always wanted to go to parties and be cool and be the center of attention. But I don't like being the center of attention. And I don't like the popular crowd. But I play music, so now I get to hang out at the cool parties. Everyone knows who I am I'm up on the stage, and I get to hang out, and I don't have to talk to anybody. Yep. And I was like, that's a really good point, man. That's like you can be like the life of the party and not have to throw out dumb jokes and like engaging. It's like, no, it's, it's kind of a cool little like way of you know being like the life of the party, but also not being like the, like the full attention. Like, oh, just, but we do because we're funny. No, we are. We're, we're funny. super funny. Yeah. We're funny and very good looking, too. <laughs> Especially hearing you guys' story, how you pretty much – made this album on unemployment tooth and nail each and every one of you really put in your effort and made it as a unit 
So how do you guys, as musicians going through that, feel about more of the mainstream artists and their efforts of songwriting? Because, you know, I'm sure maybe not a lot of people know, but you look at the top 10 and almost always it's like six writers to a song. And it's the biggest song in the world, sure. But does it really feel genuine? I think it's awful. I, <laughs> I, I, there's a few of them that I like every now and again, but it's like you just hired a team of people to get the right beat, to get the right lyrics to then like hit people and it's it's just not genuine and i feel like 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 you're 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 kind of building a culture with like a false bottom yeah it's just gathering a bunch of people to come up with a formula which is i mean that's cool and all but it's just kind of i don't know it's not it doesn't make a good name for what we're trying to do i also think one of the bigger problems with it would be that you know there are these songs that do great and you go and you see these guys live and you know it's decent but you can kind of just tell that the passion's not there uh, for for lack of a better term because you know they didn't actually sit down and write it six guys in a suit did it really does correlate with the way that the music feels it doesn't feel full of emotion or anything it does definitely feel like a formula like your brain's hearing it you're like okay this is happening but i'm not resonating with it as much as I would with other music. Yeah, I I remember um, I was at a music festival. I saw the Lumineers play, and their their lead singer's up there. He like takes his hat off when he's addressing the audience, and he's like, "I wrote this song about my dad when he got cancer, and I want to share it with you guys." Everyone's like, "Sweet, this is like this like a genuine moment." He was like tearing <clears throat> up. He plays a song for us. It's full of emotion. They finished their set. It was amazing. I walk over to the other side of the festival where a major EDM artist is playing. He's in like in between two songs, he just goes up to the mic and goes, "Everybody jump!" And then, <laughs> and then he like starts another song, and I was like, "This is just so different from mm-hmm. the feel that I just got at the other stage." There's so many bands like I used to work at this local venue here in Denver called the Bluebird, and I I would see musicians I never heard of pack the house, and just completely like. It's just like an intimate thing. Like, you, like there's that guy and or the people who wrote the songs and like they're it's like a direct translation. And you, you can feel that. And like, I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. Not my favorite type of music, maybe, or maybe it was all right. But, you know, I, I saw it so many times and I've also seen the opposite. I've seen people try out and just, they're in it for themselves or it's like a production. You can tell it is a production, which is fine. You want to go see a big, awesome movie and like on the IMAX and it's like crazy. You know, it's all blowing your mind. It's just like a sensory overload. And I feel like a lot of music is about that. It's just like, oh man, this is bigger than than me and I'm, I'm maybe it's just like these are small little fractions of what music is as a whole is all people need i'm like give me the whole course i want i want everything i want the production level i want the quality i want like the actual emotion and like every little thing should be accounted for otherwise why should should i pay mm-hmm. but then some people just like want to come out and have a good time and that's all they care about it's just background music for an environment which um, is great but yeah, like that happens uh, i think that's just like <clears throat> culture now i think that's yeah. why that's just so popular is because people are they just want that you know they want that quick release yeah. know, just a little bit i think one big part of it too is like pop country where they found words and phrases that their demographic likes and will buy and they've done market research and you know all of this stuff with big firms and then you just hear hey there girl get in my truck in short shorts we're gonna go stay here at the moon drink a coors life friday you know, night down friday the bonfire down by the river yeah. and it's just like <laughs> You didn't write this. I like it because it's relatable. Like that, (laughs) it's too relatable. It's too real. It's all on the surface. But then you hear John Prine and using the same instrument, talking the same language, and it's just like you just teleported me to another human being's Mm -hmm. body. Like, like it's it's amazing. Like what people can do with the same instrument, and it's like you know, look at the Ramones. Like they, they, you can tell that they picked up their instruments and just put their fingers over strings and started hitting, and they it sounded right. And their songs are not difficult, but like they created a movement because of the attitude. Like Hendrix, I will argue, there's like plenty of other guitar players on his time that were doing some of the most like experimental things and pushing electric guitar to its boundaries. And like, but you don't really know about him, but Hendrix just brought an attitude and the attitude mm-hmm. translated into the music. And I feel like it's like your attitude's a big thing. And you can know like that's him writing his stuff. And I've heard, how many times have you heard blues riffs? So like how many times, mm-hmm. like the same blues riff? And then still, Jackson showed me some guy like last week. I'm like, man, just when I thought I heard every blues riff you could possibly do, someone else comes along, you know, and it's just, you can play the same thing people have been playing for a hundred years and still add something into it. And it's like, okay, that's real. Like there's, there's no denying it. Like you just know it, you can feel it in your bones. 
Like so somebody else comes along and just blows your mind. Oh! <laughs> so what I, I I said pay to come blew, blow my mind like <laughs> Gandhi. Oh God! Oh, God. <laughs> we just have, like all of our merch is just different quotes with Gandhi on it. It's like, do you have any old forty? Any of the old forty? No, but we have like eighteen different iterations of quotes that Gandhi did not you say whatsoever. Of the shots you don't take. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a get rich dad trying, Gandhi. Your uh, your space opera arena tour is gonna be on Gandhi's head. That's where you guys are gonna perform. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. We just have like, a picture of Gandhi awesome. hanging about like a giant, like twenty foot by twenty foot banner of Gandhi. With laser eyes. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, I think you're getting a little away from the point of Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're getting a little away. Like, no, we love him. We love you're him. getting a little away from the point of old forty. <laughs> Clearly, you've never seen us before. Don't tell us how to do our arts. <laughs> so the thing that pops up a lot when musicians are talking about their music is synesthesia, which is like. The condition where info is like stimulated through your senses. So some people say like, when I listen to a song, I see the color red, or when I look at a certain picture, I hear like this kind of melody to it. So how often does that play into your guys' art? Uh, I definitely get it sometimes. I whenever we pick a key, I think of a color. I, I don't I don't know why. I definitely close my eyes when I solo. I don't see colors, but if you say that we're gonna play a jam in A, uh, my thoughts go to red for some reason. C, it's uh, orange. Uh, G is green. I don't, I don't know why, but <laughs> it's just something that happens to me. Yeah. Is that the rock band buttons? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah, you have synesthesia? Yeah, I've actually, yeah. And I started reading into it. And I was so, so this is not normal. Like, nor people don't have that sensation every day of like, especially when I was a kid. I always noticed that. I'm like, I can like feel like it's like a combination of like usually three or four senses. So if I'll, I'll, I'll you know, think of a color oh, purple yeah. and I'll, I'll have like a feeling of, of a place in time, like nostalgia feeling of like where something purple was like prevalent and I'll have like a bit of a flavor behind it. And it's like, I get like a bunch of like senses like above the nose behind the eyes. Mm -hmm. It's like they all kind of connect to the same channel at first. So I get like three, three out of like six or something like yeah. of different things that aren't related. I mean, honestly, when I first started learning, I actually made a little color-coded to like a bass neck and like color-coded like all the scales yeah, I've seen because like there's seven notes, just natural notes, and there's seven natural colors, and then there's like the phase in between, and it's kind of weird how like the math and the colors line up. Like music, that's the same. Like music is makes sense. It just scientifically actually follows the same kind of like mm -hmm. spectrum, I guess, as color does. And they've done studies with like different like wavelengths, like a pure like G actually is pure red, if I remember correctly. It's certain actual like notations like vibrational frequencies per, per second actually are lower registers of color you know it's the thing what yeah what i I'm read saying, books I'm I'm saying, I'm saying, no i'm saying g is green you said g is red and i was like oh, no, yeah. no no g is green but maybe you because <laughs> it starts with g <laughs> whatever f no I mean, this, more, this like uh, it's like it's weird how color is like follows the same rules of sound just of different like tiers frequencies of fre yeah frequencies do y'all have anything you want to say to the people listening or folks that may be getting into songwriting? Anything you want to tell them about songwriting? Write with people that you enjoy. I've been in so many bands with like three people who are amazing and one person who is like ruining my day. And inevitably that person is going to ruin the songs. Like you, if you get any negative energy out of there while you can, like yeah. don't, don't try just because you think that like, well, I'll put up with them for now. Just totally go with people who you vibe with. It helps so much. Yep, disregard talent first and foremost. Unless that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> definitely choose wisely because it just makes it such a such a more fun and what's the word I'm looking for? Productive? Not productive. Fulfilling. Fulfilling. Wow. There you go. A much more fulfilling. <laughs> productive experience. fun word. Yeah, yeah, that is a productive fun word. Fulfilling? Yeah, it was, a, it was the words that we were trying to find. Yes. Wow. wow. Look yeah. at us. You see that right yeah. there? You, you listen. To, you hear that, listeners? Yeah. That's that's us vibing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right there. That's it in practice. <laughs> Other advice I would have is just don't be scared. You know, a lot of people are nervous to go out and chase it, but there's it's your life. So in my first open mic was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. You keep going through it. It definitely becomes a big part of your life at some point. Hopefully it becomes, you know, if anybody's on the edge, hopefully it becomes a big part of your life soon enough. Yeah, whenever, because I've done lessons and stuff 
got kind of people moving in the right direction. And the only two pieces of advice I always start people with is never forget how to listen because once you start playing music, you'll you'll listen differently. You'll be like, mm-hmm. how is this going to make me better at my instrument? And it's like at shows, my friends always found me because you look at the bass player and draw a straight line and you, you'll find me in that line, you know, like I'm just sitting there watching and, you know, always make sure you remember how to listen and enjoy music. But another thing too is find all your inspirations research them and find out who inspired them always look at your inspirations inspiration you'll find that any musician worth their salt is going to be like i'm not good listen to this guy and that's like when i first got into bass i was obviously listening to flea and saw his interview and flea just starts naming all these jazz musicians i'm like who are these people and charles mingus i'm like i've heard that name you know and man like not only will you discover a lot of music that you never heard of but you'll see where your influences got their music and they kind of become less of like demigods almost and become like Oh, I can see like where he's in. It becomes more approachable. You can be like, oh, I can actually do this. They're not just above me anymore. You know? It's like they they took their inspiration from someone. They started somewhere, and mm-hmm. and seeing that like your your inspirations, inspirations in those inspirations. You know, if that makes sense, it's like yeah, it, it, it's it's like, that means that's that's a good way of knowing. Like, okay, well, you got the year for it. You what know? do rappers say? Is uh, like respect the game. No, like I don't know the ones <laughs> it who slaps it slaps. Oh yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. No. The don't most hate important the play, hate the game. lyric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you trying to say don't hate the play? I hate the game. No, it's like pay homage to. Oh. To like. You're not very. A, you're not. You're not in the rap game very much. I'm right? not. No. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> or I heard a rapper once say like. like well, a rapper <laughs> once said. <laughs> I, I accidentally watched the MTV. Uh, <laughs> you ever seen VH1? I do want to give a quick shout out since we are talking about songwriting. One of my favorite songwriters unfortunately passed away in MF Doom. I don't know if you guys oh, listen man. to him, but oh yeah, I do. One of the most He's technical. Like, like, if you want to talk about songwriting, if you want to talk about like yeah. you had mentioned earlier, putting syllables yeah. in specific places. Yeah. yeah, that dude's internal rhyme is is stupid. Like he'll have eight words that rhyme with each other in two lines, and then the, the end of one of those lines, the word at, at the end of one of those lines rhymes with another one at the end. It's like he can't help but rhyme everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, and his and his imagery, man, that guy's imagery was insane. Dang. Like I've never heard anyone rap the word spigot like him. Like it's just <laughs> it's just awesome. Like yeah. like can you dig it like a spigot? My guess is yes, you can. Like can I kick it wicked? And I'm like, and he just, his whole, whole songs are like that. It was fucking insane. Folks, that right there was bars. <laughs> awesome. I, I hope y'all take that advice seriously, especially the taking the risk. I literally was sitting in my room in quarantine, much like these guys were in making the album. And I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And here we are. We're recording, we're talking, we're, we're getting this information out there. So that's all it takes. You just got to go out there and you just got to do things you want to do with friends and start talking with them. Start getting some ideas out there. Yeah. And for getting ideas out there, Kevin starts this podcast. He's on episode three and he invites us on, which was just awesome. And on top of that, though, for anyone who's listening, he, he went through our whole album and listened to it. And we had asked for genuine feedback. He's the, he's like one of is he the only person who gave us like a full list of yeah. feedback yeah, for every Miles, single song? Yeah. Him and Miles. Which yeah. was just awesome. Yeah, him and, and yeah, yeah, Jackson's like, cousin Miles. Yeah. And it was so cool of him to do that. So for whoever's listening to this, he's also a really nice guy, even though you don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good listener, has good comprehension skills. Yeah, and he and he does know about music too, because some of his pointers actually were helpful for yeah. when we were mixing the album. Especially because I got for what nate told me is like you're not really as much into rock as much as like i guess like rap and hip-hop and that's even that's even better like have someone who is a little disconnected from it you know and mm-hmm. so that's that's what music is man it's like i i've how many times i've like we've had conversations and just talked about music we don't know or would never normally listen to like these guys zach jackson are always playing this country music after a while i'm like actually this is kind of a good song yeah and i think about it like <laughs> yeah you know, i just like you know i hated bluegrass and i moved to southwest virginia now i love bluegrass you know and it's how to get different perspectives and by that we're all combining together and like making each other better artists through the process and that's why kevin's great yeah yeah hey, your well, album better well, kevin hope you know that <laughs> Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for bringing attention to PlannedParenthood.org. You can also check them out on the app. Download the Planned Parenthood app. Please check out those services. Donate. Volunteer if you can. And also check out Old 40. They just put out an album. They March 4th, they released that album. It's out there for you to listen to on any streaming service you got. You can also go to their website, see what they got, buy some music from them. You know, help these guys out. They, they're working hard on this music, and it sounds freaking amazing. So, yeah, no, thank you for having us on. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you so much. So much fun. Of course. Now... 
as always, you can check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, RSS.com, YouTube, Apple, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also check these guys out on Instagram and Facebook. Old 40 is all you got to look up. Normally, we end the show right here and we play some of Brooks' music, but since we're interviewing a band, I got to talk about the music that they want to play for us here on the show, which I'm very grateful for. And we definitely want to ask them a little bit about songwriting for Can't Stop Now. So guys, how did, that, how did the process for writing this song go? This one started with Zach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, missing my my lady. She lives Reno, Reno. Nevada. Yes, that's where she lives. Out there. That's her <laughs> place of residence. I'm not going to give specifics over the air. 321 North Rod Street. Yes, go, yes, <laughs> he, he missed his girlfriend, yeah, so he wrote lyrics about her, it. So I wrote lyrics to it. Were you in the airport when you wrote it? Yeah, yeah, I was about ready to hop on a plane and come back over to Denver and just like, you know, the moment struck. So, boom. And then I wrote those lyrics and mm. gave them over to Jackson, and he had this like kind of country sound. I think right? I came, I think I came up with it when you showed me the lyrics. You 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 showed me the lyrics, and you said I want this bluegrassy kind of style. Yeah, and right. I just came up with it right then and there, which sometimes happens. But I'm mm-hmm. glad that I did in this one. And then and then you asked for a different part, and I was like, oh man, now I gotta come up with more stuff. But <laughs> I really like the lyrics a lot, so it was it wasn't too hard for me to come up with the kind of vibe that I wanted with with the guitar. And then we brought it to the boys, and yeah. we messed with it for like months. Yeah, I want to say there were little tweaks here and there. The dynamics of the song, the flow, and the tempo, and everything we were dialing in. Yeah, it changes. Yeah. This yeah. is the only one that <clears throat> we have in the album that changes tempo. Well, then also when we recorded it, you busted out the twelve string too. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. No, I brought it. No, Did that you? was my acoustic. My acoustic that I've had first guitar. Yeah. The twelve string was Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Right. So can't stop now. Man. I brought out the acoustic because it's got such a like a country vibe, and we used to throw on distortion for our solos and do the rock kind of stuff. But then at one point we just decided, no, we're gonna keep this one simple and a little more raw because of what the lyrics mean yeah and definitely kind of like rock kind of sound yeah um, yeah it's just i really love the way that it came together hope you guys enjoy it yeah. awesome well thank you guys so much thank you again for stopping by in the pod folks here we go with some old 40 can't stop now <laughs> In 
simply No longer want for more Be satisfied Living my life Next to that Alpine Lake Shore But I can't stop now Lord knows I've come too far Just stop now Lord, I'm the boy to the places and the spaces that I said I'd never go.